just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety. Just a menace, ju- just a menace. Just a menace, menace of sobriety. Just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety. Hello and welcome to another episode of Menace to Sobriety. First up, massive shout out to Majestic, international, well-known, KISS 100 DJ, good power of mine, all-round supporter. As soon as I messaged him and asked him to make that intro for me, boom, within a day we had it. So thank you, I love you. Um, Big, big day today. Listen, Menace to Sobriety, my podcast, for those of you that are only just tuning in, this is um, something that I started recently, got diagnosed with ADHD. Um, I started my sobriety again. It's led me to create a social media platform called Men and Their Emotions. Uh, we have that on my Facebook. Go on there. You can anonymously post and chat to like-minded men about whatever you're going through. And uh, I was blown away with the amount of lads out there that were suffering with alcohol, drug abuse, and just had a general unhealthy relationship relationship um with the sesh etc so inspired me to get some inspiring people on and uh, today we've got one of them he's a mba cp counselor uh psychotherapist addiction specialist uh unconscious mind therapist sex and porn addiction therapist he's worked with mental health addiction for 15 years he's uh he's in the senior management for the nhs for mental health and now um operations director for a private treatment center 16 years clean and sober and a fellow ADHD nutcase like myself. Uh, please welcome to the podcast Tanner Hassan. How you doing, mate? You're right. good. Nice to meet you. <laughs> what an intro. Yeah, man. <laughs> Fellow ADHD nutcase. Well, I think everyone who, who have I had on? I've had um, Kirk, uh, Robert. You know Robert. He's yeah. a lunatic as well. Uh, <laughs> ADHD. Ross was ADHD. Everyone that I seem to get on. There's got to be a connection with addiction and ADHD. Um, right. yeah. But yeah, listen. Before we kick off, just tell the viewers uh, or the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, your journey. Just talk to me, and then we'll get into it. Who are you? Okay. Who am? Who are any of us, mm. Dan? Who are we? <laughs> um, I don't know really. Um, yeah, I'm just a little nutcase as you talk about from uh, from South End in Essex. Um, I'm what 42 now, mm. and um, yeah, I kind of had. Uh, I mean, the line of work I'm doing now wasn't wasn't the journey. Um, I always did music and acting, and yeah. that was what I was pursuing. Um, got close quite a few times, did quite a lot of stuff, and then um, addiction kind of got in the way. Yeah, and um, I had no idea. I was 24 when I cleaned up. So at 24, I had no idea what I was going to do. Everyone was sort of living their lives, having houses, getting married. And I was just like this lone wolf, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and I kind of just fell into, I was doing promo work, giving out leaflets of our yeah. work, young actors. So I just felt like a granddad at 24 doing that. And then um, fell into this Talk to Frank campaign for the drug awareness program for the government. I loved it. And it just sort of took me on that journey of wanting to know more, wanting to know more, work with um, youth workers. And then I went and got training. And then mm. was, and that's sort of my journey, really. And then just went through everywhere, through addiction, through community, uh, prisons, criminal justice. Wow. I want to know it all. Private treatment, um, and then in the NHS under mental health. So I just went through the whole journey, and and then went back to night school and yeah. got my qualifications. So it's been a bit of a an alter. It's a sentence I always say is the alternative might be better. You wow. just never know. So let me ask you first of all something that stuck out for me there. You were twenty five when you went sober. That seems young for someone to realise that they need to yeah. go sober. Can you tell me why? 
you went sober? Well, a bit of drug-induced psychosis will do it to you, sir. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> What's that? You're like, oh, by the way, just let me make this clear. I'm, I'm wearing my jacket because it is absolutely Steve. It's Stevie Bold in here. It's freezing. It's the middle of December. Uh, it's, well, it's about a week before Christmas, and John, our producer, forgot to put the heating on. So bl uh, we're blaming him. So we're just wrapped sorry. up. Yeah, we're wrapped up nice and warm. So if one of us just kills over, yeah. call an ambulance. I'm but just wondering who the real geezer is because I've got no jacket on. I know. I know. And I know. you're sitting here with the jacket on. Well, I don't know, I'm mate. Yeah. And you ain't, and you got your swimming cap on as well. That's great. <laughs> so uh <laughs> listen, um Touche, sir. So um so let's let's talk about it. So uh psychosis. What is psychosis? Because I mean, for me, when I used to get off my nut, I never I, I had paranoia, but paranoia for me wasn't when especially when I was using coke and that. Paranoia for me, well, I had that obviously like looking out the window and stuff yeah. like that. But my paranoia was more, I think, um, like the next day on the come down and stuff like that, like, you know, um, that people don't like me and like having beef with my missus or beef with people and mm -hmm. like being paranoid, you know, overreacting, really overreacting. Mm -hmm. I never really think I had psychosis in the way of um, hearing or seeing things. Is that what you're describing? Yeah. So I had all of that, exactly what you just talked about that afterwards. Um, but for me, I was sniffing an eighth a day, Fuck. smoking eight for weed a day. Uh, drinking, it was just ridiculous. It was got out of control, and um, yeah, that paranoia. It's a, as a as a terrifying place to be, really. The, the curtain twitching. I mean, the thing I don't miss is the hand. I used to just talk to get the claw hand, the little fingers to just I have mm. to try and bring it back down. Again. Yeah, you look like a fucking T Rex, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> oh, you like that when you're off your nut, going like that. You look like a little baby <laughs> T Rex, mate, walking around the fucking <laughs> pub like that, packing it up, talking <laughs> about fucking shit. Exactly. So uh, you know, I don't I don't miss that, but it, the curtain twitching all the time. Um, the thinking the police are going to come into the house. Why does everyone say that? Everyone says the same it's thing, ridiculous. the police. It was just all of that. Because you're sniffing a line. Like, how would they know? And who's going to grass you up for sitting in your house? I know. I know, right? So all of that. The it, was the, it was a consuming fear. But for me, I think the um, not being in touch with reality, I think there was a particular time I was out and I was convinced that this, this, this geezer was going to stab me. And um, still to this day, I don't know if that was true or not true. And that, that didn't sit right with me. I thought, I'm, I'm losing sight of actual reality now. Don't even know. I'm so consumed with fear. I don't even know. Is that true or not? Have we got beef or have we not? Like, I didn't even know. And I was just next to a pal of mine who was, you know, a lot bigger and he could handle himself. And I just kept telling him, he was like, are you all right? You all right? I was like, no, no, no. I think it's, it's definitely coming on. He was like, no, nothing's going to happen. And that terrified me. I think one of the last time, I, I walk in the middle of the road at night time. I was terrified. I walk on the side. I walk in the middle of the road at night. Um, and uh, I remember once I hid in an alleyway with a brick. I was convinced someone was, was following me and they weren't. I just lose. I was losing it. I mean, I'm just jumping straight to one of the, the mm. dark times. Um, but for me, it was, it never started out that way. But for me, mm. um, I couldn't stop that chat in my head, that overriding yeah. negative thought, you know? Yeah. I mean, for, for, yeah, I mean, ultimately, ultimately it was drug use drug use for me to tip me over the edge just to give a little bit of context <clears> here uh the way that the way that me and tanner know each other is um one i was introduced to you online f by robert heisey um he's a power of yours isn't he yeah, um yeah. uh i think he recommends you to everyone he must do your fucking head in and i do for him you know we love <laughs> each other you know yeah. i love him it's yeah great yeah he's uh he's he's really been there for me and uh in turn actually you you ended up being there for me briefly on uh it seems like we don't even know each other but mm. I, I i had a right episode um when i was over in uh marbella I don't mind opening up about it and talking about it a little bit, but, you know, me and my missus had a big bust up because, you know, I told her that I wasn't going to drink and I wasn't going to do, do packet and all that stuff. And 
whatever happened happened and um i found myself in a real dark real real dark place where i was a mess because i was still kind of drunk or hung over or whatever and i wanted to clean my shit up and i spoke to you i rang you and i spoke to you on my way back to the airport and said you know i need to sort myself out and you gave me some real hard but good advice on the phone um and you, you spoke to me about where you thought I was, what I needed to do and stuff like that. And I really took that on board. And um, so I just want to say thank you for that. Good, good. No thank worries. you for that. No but um, while I was in that state, I, what I'd just come out of, um, what, I, what I was experiencing a lot every like couple of sessions or every couple of piss-ups, what I was experiencing was I'd get to a point where, you know, I'd wake up the next day and say, for instance, my missus was upset with me or angry with me because, and it would be a massive thing to me. I'd be like, well, fuck this then. Do you know what I mean? Like my rational thinking was just gone mm -hmm. um, due to the come down or whatever. And it would be like, everything is going wrong. So the world was crumbling around me. And um, when I, and then suddenly I'd snap out of it, you know, like hours later and I'd just be like, fucking, what have I said? What have I done? And I'd and to a certain extent I'd lost grip on reality for for that short space of time. It's just too intense for my missus to handle, you know. Mm. Um, and um, m many people must be going through that. Hundred percent. Don't forget what's happening to your brain as well. Don't forget the dopamine levels are depleted. So if you're if you're using the packet, for example, yeah, you're sniffing a lot, so you're going to feel even lower anyway. So it is going to feel like, oh, what's the point? It's all shit. What's mm. what I'm going to do? And it and and there's that short temper, that anger, and the only thing that just tips you over the edge, any kind of life situation you can't deal with, it just feels yeah. like it's all on top. Yeah. You know, and it's it's just a series. It doesn't really matter what substance you're using, but it's it, it, it's just burning you out. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I can't say I didn't love drugs. I loved them. Yeah, me too. I, I'm mate. not going to lie. You know, yeah. I don't care what I do for a living. I will tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed changing the way that I felt. I liked what it gave me. You know? Yeah. And I found that from you know 12 13 years old and i started smoking yeah and then you know as it as it progressed but um you know the ecstasy generation i loved that it's got fabric every friday and i reach for the lasers let's have it you know and human traffic came out and i thought yeah Fuck, this is me, me. Yeah. yeah absolutely right so escape you're escaping for completely. a bit completely from fucking boredom and completely. normality and fucking and just, mundane shit and just yeah and just get and just really enjoying the experience with the people that i was with and it was great but after a year of that I knew I knew at nineteen I had a I had a problem. I knew I was a Moorish, yeah. Moorish fucker. I knew that yeah. I'm a greedy. You know, when I want to start, I yeah. can't stop. One thing you said to me is that you you when we were on the phone because I was in a dark place. I can remember I sat with my mum in a taxi mm. on the way to the airport, um, not knowing what I was going back to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, uh, you said to me, look, you know, you're not. It doesn't sound like you're alcohol and drug dependent. Um, which I wasn't. Mm. Uh, I wasn't alcohol and drug dependent, but I think this is a massive misconception that men have out there, lads have out there. They think that if they aren't waking up and reaching for a packet or reaching for a bottle of vodka, that they haven't got a problem. Yeah. But the pure fact that twice, two, three, four times a month m more sometimes, I was getting myself in such a state that it was affecting the people around me and my work. That's a problem, right? So thank God you weren't using it every day. Can you imagine? So... And that's and that's really important because my point there was that's one less thing for you to worry about because if you've got the dependency as well like alcohol dependency then you, you can't just suddenly stop drinking alcohol because you you know you could have a seizure and die right yeah so it changes the, the game to a, to another level so and I was like you you know I, 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 you know it was it was progressive yeah it didn't start out that way um, but the, at the at the end if you're using less and yet you're leaving carnage behind. It's a problem, right? Yeah. You know, I always say, what is addiction? It's the overriding obsessive thought to change the way that you feel. 
overriding obsessive thought to change the way that you feel. Wait, wait, wait. So an overriding obsessive thought to change the way that you feel. Yes. So so I feel normal now and then, oh my God. Just, I'm freezing. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, fucking man. freezing. Oh my God. I can't even think properly. I'm like, so cold. I'm wondering. You know what I mean? I'm, I can't stop visualizing what my penis must look like now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, it probably looks I, like I, your I, head right now, my uh, dick. <laughs> I really hope it doesn't. Um, no, but listen, so say that again to me. It's an overriding... The overriding... <clears throat> I can't even speak. It's that cold. It yeah. is that cold, <laughs> saying it. Um, Wait your jacket back on here. I, don't, I, I won't judge you. Go on. Uh, the overriding obsessive thought to change the way that you feel. So, so let me let me put let me put this uh, into into my mind and tell me if you think that this is addiction. Um, and I'd always have this I'd, and many men out there or whoever's listening will have situations that are like this I'd get on the train if it was like Thursday, Friday if I was coming into London for a meeting on the way up on the train I'd be like man I'm getting fucked up today mm. I want to get fucked up today not knowing why for no reason and then once I'd have a couple of drinks I'd be like, I've, you know, I want to get on it I want to get on it but not knowing why and then sometimes not getting on it mm -hmm. but at some point I knew it was coming do you know what I mean get yeah. on it and not be able to change that thought process sank inside me going now nah, we're getting fucked up today we are getting fucked up today yeah. that's not a natural place to be is it no but that's also a little bit of association yeah so most most of my triggers were were Friday night yeah, like yeah. the weekend right yeah. so by Thursday, I was like, oh, my feet were so excited I'm gonna go up I'm gonna go out I'm gonna go out, gonna go out and then it would be as you call it the sesh yeah and that would go on for how long it go on but Tuesday, Wednesday, there wasn't no. really much going on. So you can have an association. Um, mm. So it's about changing that pattern of behavior. But the overriding obsessive thought to change the way that you feel is all about, you know, because there are loved ones that will say, um, why can't they stop for me? Like, no, no love for anyone or your kids or your family will, will stop you. That's, that doesn't make you a bad person. It means you're unwell at that time. That, that no matter what goes on, it, it's overridden. That obsessive thought, more, more, change the way you feel. Cannot The inability to cope with your emotions in a rational way. So you've got to change the way that you feel. And the way that my um, using used to work is my head. Right? So what's going on? It'd be like that. Come on. Tap, 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 tap. And I'll be trying to engage with you. And it's just like, I need to go and use. And uh, it's quiet. And then, you know, everything's all right. And then... Oh, the tapping's back, so now I've got to use some more. And that's how it become all the time. And it was tiring. It was exhausting. Mm. But everyone's route is different. You know, mm. I, I do believe a lot of it's to do with our attachment issues, our trauma mm. of the past, um, you know, opportunity. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think, I think... Um, Yours was opportunity in that case, you know, it's like I'm going out, sesh. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, listen, I, I, you know, I wasn't, um, I wasn't necessarily upset i mean my, my using and my drinking really increased when my father passed away like as a coping messenger I, I, mm. but i mean i consciously done that i'm like i'm gonna get fucked up fuck it i don't care mm. i'm getting on the fucking smash hard mm -hmm. for as long as i want and i did for like a year i was just fucking hitting it hard and um the sad thing about that situation for me if you asked all of my friends around me if i was going through something back then none of them would have noticed because they were all on the sesh with me mm. do you know what i mean mm. and that breaks my heart because i look back and i think fuck me I, when I look back, I think, fuck me, I was hitting it hard and I was just fucking going for it. Maybe even like, do you know what I mean? Self-destructively and no one noticed because they were doing that naturally anyway. Yeah. And that's so fucking scary. It. Yeah, it's scary. It's so scary to think about, but... Um, and so relatable. I'm sure people, I relate to that and I'm sure mm. many people listening will relate to that. But I think what we have to remember is it don't matter how much you use, what it is you use. It doesn't really matter or drink. It doesn't matter. But it's what it represents. So mm. I always say that. So you could be addicted to anything. It doesn't really matter. Whether you sleep, drink, smoke, fuck, it doesn't really matter. 
the reality is what is your relationship like and my relationship with alcohol is not a healthy one my relationship no. with drugs is not a healthy one it started out okay but then it became a, a coping mechanism right it came an avoidant of reality of life to do life yeah. or um a soother because i felt like i wasn't achieving in life so yeah. no matter how you put a spin on it it was like the alleviator yeah until it become the enemy so yeah. then, you, then you're really fucked i really relate to that and i think what i was going with where i was going with that is i think that there's a lot of men out there right now there's a lot of geezers out there right now that don't necessarily understand that they're that they're unhappy they don't realize that they're not satisfied with their life because mm. um, what they're actually doing is they're going they're doing their, their job nine to five lads out there getting up and they're working they're working hard nothing's really changing for them in life mm. so they think to themselves do you know what I need some fucking pleasure man I need some good shit and their good shit is getting fucked up at the weekend mm. that's my good shit that's my present to myself that's what I deserve mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately when the weekend finishes and they go back to what they consider their mundane life it's harder and it's more tricky and I've done a video today uh, where I said in them like the 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 place that you're in now and the place that you want to be as, as a man, right? We all want more. We all want to be more successful. We want more money. We want more um, more stuff, a nicer house, a nicer thing. But you can't really start achieving anything you want unless, you know, I feel like you're genuinely at peace with yourself mm. because you're just in like a vicious circle. Mm. And I honestly believe that now that I've come out of that loop of getting fucked and then recovering and getting fucked and recovering and I've started working on myself, my fitness and my mind and calming down, nicer things and better things are happening for me. They genuinely are. Yeah. And do, do you find that all the people that you've met that have gone sober, that better things are happening for them? I, th I think so. Uh, I think, look, life is always going to happen. Life on life terms happens. It's just still, it, yeah. it doesn't promise you freedom from life on life's terms. It's always going to happen. But, you know, and don't get twisted. I'm not here... Uh, and I'm sure you're not to sit here and preach, uh, uh, right? You yeah, know, I don't want to preach. If you want to get on it, that's your business and enjoy it. Because I got on it because I enjoyed it, right? Yeah. But when it turns and you know deep down that I'm not getting shit done because I'm I'm hanging out my yeah. ass or, or, or my family's costing, upset with me, right, pissing people off, then it's becoming a problem. If it's costing you more than money, then it's becoming a problem. It's having that humility to say I need to look at my behaviour and look, look at myself. You know, my burning the candle at both ends. You know, because there's nothing wrong with a human to go and experience. Right? right yeah. That's what it's about. And also, yeah, like I always, I, I always say that. I, I always try and say that because. I've divided my audience, definitely. I mean, my, I grew my audience on the sesh. Do you know what I mean? I grew my audience mm. on, you know, I had a beer brand, uh, sold loads of beer and I got the sesh gremlin character. I do everything around the sesh and, and everything. And, and there's a lot of tragedy in my comedy that's associated with people that are fucked up like I was. But um, I, I often say it as well and I think I need to amplify it that if you, do, if you don't have an unhealthy relationship with drink and you can go out on a Friday and a Saturday night, have a few fucking beers and you come back and your world ain't turned to shit, then fucking more power to you. But like you say. It's how you wear it. And that, and the reality is that some people will justify that behavior. Mm. I know I did. Well, I don't do it every day or I don't do it, you know, at the beginning. But that's the point is that if you want to go and do that and you enjoy it and you've got no, and you can look honestly look in the mirror and say, look, you know what? There is no issues about that. I, I work hard. I play hard. I want to do what I want to do. Fine. God bless you. But it's the payoff. What's the relationship with it? No matter what the acting out is, I always say, what is your relationship with that acting out? What's your motive for doing it? Is it to change the way that you feel to avoid? Or is it actually just like getting on it with my mates and having a bottle of wine or getting on it in the pack? Whatever you want to do. What is the payoff? Mm. And what is the motive? And if, it, if you don't think it's a healthy one, then have a look at it. That's that's all I'm saying around it. Why, why, do, you think, why do you think I was um, having massive blowouts? 
Well, we only spoke briefly, mm. um, but again, it's to change the way that you feel. Yeah. Because you're, you were trying to communicate something. So when you said about your dad, right, if you could have put back then into language what you actually was trying to communicate, and um, which is relatable, which is I'm feeling sad, I've lost my dad, mm. and I don't know how to communicate how I'm feeling. So I'm going to show how I'm feeling. And so I'm going to either put those feelings down, push it down, and just drink myself to a stupor and just be with my mates undetected. So therefore, it's not an issue now, and it just becomes a norm. Or um, I'm really saying I need someone, it's a cry for help almost, I need someone mm. to pull me out my ass because actually I don't know how to communicate. And this is the problem. We don't know how to communicate with each other, especially men. Yeah. There are men that do, and I certainly do now, but... Uh, to generalise that, that is, you know, all women should like pretty in pink and cry and all men should be a geezer. It's just bollocks. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean there's no geezers and there's no girly girls. That's not what I'm saying. But we both need masculine and feminine personality traits to, yeah. to, to succeed in life, right? So the communication aspect is important to connect. It's okay to say. It's okay to be not be. It's okay not to be okay, but don't yeah. stay, right? Yeah. It's okay to say, actually, I'm really sad. You know, because I've lost my, my dad or I've lost my job or I don't know where I'm going. You know, I used to yeah. say it to my male mates. I'm now a dad. I, used to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, man, I do not hard. know what I'm doing. And they're like, you should. Mm. Why should you? <laughs> well, yeah. And what like, another another thing with my with my journey is like all massive events. I got fucked up bad. Like both of the both of the births of my daughters, mm. I fucked up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like wetting the baby's head turned into like two, three days or cu coming back after wetting the baby's head and getting that look and getting that. You know, we've just had a baby and then going, oh, well, fuck off, man. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I went sober for for my I think it was my second daughter's um, when she was um pregnant i went sober for as much of that as i can could to be there for the pregnancy mm. and as soon as the baby came i wet the baby's head and fucked it all up and got turned really selfish but was that I, the excuse you think you needed do you, do you think the motive at the beginning was um to wet the baby's head but actually it was i, I wanted to I, I, I don't know i just wanted to get fucked up right I, I i honestly think i honestly think when when pressure gets too much for me like i need to get away from it and there's your answer so you've answered your own question when pressure gets too much for me, yeah, I want to change the way that I feel. Yeah. So your neuroassociation is about pressure. So if we look at that, and there's areas in your life where there was pressure, one particular, which is where I've known you from, from, mm. from the past, and I've followed your whole journey from the, the whole time, and that mentalness that, that occurred in the past, which I just think when you think what's going on now mm. and how things are in the world, that doesn't make any sense in my opinion. What, when I got cancelled? Yeah, well, I yeah. don't know what I can or can't say. But, yeah, you know. we can talk about absolutely right, everything. Was, this yeah. is a full full open book here. Okay, yeah. right. So that was a lot. Yeah. That, you know, you was any any more there'd been an effigy burnt view at, at, at yeah. a stake really outside the house of commons or something right it was just it was just mental yeah that was hard and, for me and, it, and this is this culture in this country it's a blame culture they can't wait you know like with matt yeah. hancock i can't wait to burn someone i can't wait you know they're yeah. like an underdog and when you get there they want to burn you so and, yeah. and that that's a lot of pressure yeah whether you were prepared for it or not whether people had you had the right team around you don't no. know whether or not you know one prepares you for that kind of stuff yeah i'm i'm very surprised that i survived that really because on the on the lead up and this is another big thing that on the lead up to that my sort of rise to fame was so fast in in the way that it went from social media like in a year 
in a year and a half to like on TV within like two years. I mean, I've been working my ass off as a stand-up comedian for many years, but never dreamed that I'd break through. I was ju I'd just literally done stand-up comedy because I loved, I thought I was funny. So I love to be on the stage and entertaining. And for me, the sort of peak of my goals and my career and where I was going to go was doing open mic nights. Mm. So like I was on stage and I'd already made it. I was like, fucking look at me, I'm up here. John, you'll know what I mean. Just even getting up on stage doing stand-up, you feel like Added you're a rush. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You feel like you fucking made it. Um, so to suddenly find myself on TV, but at the same time I was, I was, I was in, uh, I had an unhealthy relationship with drinking drugs. Then I was living with my mates and I, every weekend we were on the smash and mm -hmm. pack it every, whenever. And, um, um, the pressure of one being famous and going and doing all of the personal appearances and being on TV and stuff like that. I drink all through that hard. Um, and then when it all went wrong, the embarrassment for it and um, like being publicly shamed. But for me, the deepest thing was what was insinuated that I was, that, that there was malice involved yeah, in yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. You know, I might've been stupid and said stupid, dumb shit, like, yeah. like young lads do yeah. and created comedy that could be considered dangerous. But really at the end of the day, I was just fucking about and having a laugh. There was mm -hmm. no, but the way that they tried to push it, that I was like a menace. Yeah. The narrative, the narrative was, yeah. it was so hurtful. Yeah. Um, that I did, I hid myself away for a good yeah. year and drank and used and everything like that. And my father died maybe after Newsnight. It was only a matter of a short period of time after I came off Newsnight and I fully got cancelled and dropped dropped by everyone and completely dropped, couldn't work, couldn't leave my flat without fucking the mm. press out there. Um, my father died then and I, I can't believe I survived that really. But you did. And yeah. Do you think, and on heart, you have dealt with those feelings of the past you think they're resolved fully I, I don't know mate because I, I done counseling for a good six months when I was sober last year mm -hmm. I, I went on sobriety and what I what I what I wanted to find out through my counseling was why I'd switch to switch to self-destruct mode mm -hmm. like everything would be going well then the weekend would come I'd drink I'd get on the gear or whatever mm -hmm. and then if my missus or something like the next day, it was like the world was over. And do you know what? Fuck everyone. Fuck everything. I don't give a fucking shit. I'll be on me fucking own. And, you know, like as if you like this weren't going to work out anyway. But then when I started counseling and started talking about my feelings and the feelings of rejection and mm -hmm. the fear of loss mm -hmm. and all of that stuff and why I was using drink, drink and drugs as a coping mechanism for that six months, I felt great. But... When it come up to Christmas and I thought, do you know what? I'm all right going back to the drink. I can just have a few over Christmas. Now the reward. Yeah. yeah. My reward. I've been good? Yeah, I've been good for six months. I can handle it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but within three weeks, I was back on the fucking... Hellwood. Yeah, I, I was gone. But I stopped going counselling because I couldn't face her. Yeah. Once I'd started drinking again. Reinforce the shame again. Yeah. Embarrassed again. All that kind of stuff. And I've uh, the last couple of weeks I've been thinking about contacting her and going back because I maybe I don't I don't uh, I don't know if I've dealt with it. I don't know. Your minus opinion? Yeah. I don't think you have. Yeah. And that's not me being horrible. I'm just, we're all humans. We're all trying to do it. I think you are moving. I think you wear your life differently now, which yeah. is great. You can you can feel it. Yeah. And I think you've learned a lot. But I think there's still some bits there that can be resolved. And those issues of the past, if they're not resolved, mm. they will prevent you from moving forward, which is why that's how I came to meet Robert I see because I've been doing counseling psychotherapy a long time, but there was an area that I feel was missing in my practice. Mm. I was just, you know, this stuff can take a long time. And the stuff that he taught me that I learned around the mind has transformed my practice. I use both together. It's transformed my process. And the unconscious, me, I, the unconscious thought. The unconscious mind process, which is to work with the new, is to work with the unconscious. So 
the situation could be different. And I'm sure you would have talked about all this, right? The situation could be different, but the feelings are the same. Mm. So if you get a triggered situation, yeah. right? The situation might be different, but if the feeling is the same, it's remind you of that time again. The body doesn't forget. It brings back all them feelings again, and you're in that state of place yeah. like you can't cope. So stop the drink, right? Stop using. So then you can process your feelings and yeah. then you can challenge the cognitive if you did if there is some stuff there that you feel needs to be resolved i'm not saying it's it's chaotic yeah. in there i'm just saying that if there's some bits there that needs addressing i promise you once you deal with that that's great and therapy is really good at understanding the pain finding out the why and connecting the dots mm. unconscious mind is really therapy is really good at then removing those impactful feelings and then helping you visualize and move forward in the part would that be like hypnotism i guess there are traits there's techniques um yeah but you know i I prefer not to say that because I'm, um, you know, I'm not a hypnotist. I'm not yeah. a hypnotherapist. I mean, I know it's more, it's more, it's more about like your thought, your, like about your, your brain. Yeah, it's like you, as, as it's always been said, you can only think how you feel, right? So if you're feeling that that time, if you going, feel anxious, you're thinking about anxious right. thoughts. Yeah, of course, it's going to feed it, right? Yeah. So when you're sitting in that place and the situation might be different, but the feelings are the same, mm. it's that tells me that's got to go. Yeah, because yeah. Oh. Because, but you know, you've got to learn to fit. Once you've removed it, it's a, it's, an, it's, a, it's a process for that. So once that's gone and we've dealt with that, you then have to learn how to visualize what you want in the future. Remember, the brain is only designed to keep you alive. That's its design. It isn't made to make you happy. Mm. Our brain isn't. So it's to help keep you survive. That's so interesting, yeah. So when you went through what you went through, no wonder you got on it all the time because that's your survival. That's your coping mechanism. Too much pressure, can't cope. Brain, you know, fight or flight kicking in. Um, you know, stress hormone, you mm. know, uh, cortisol pumping around your body. That isn't normal all the time. So the body, your brain shut down, mm. can't handle it. So that was your coping mechanism. So what we need to learn to do is to then move for, and visualize what the future is going to be like, how you want it to look. Mm. And then there's a process around doing that. And then not to get too technical, but then we start talking about the reticular activating system. of. The oh, brain. yeah. No, Robert was on here right. talking about that. Wicked. Yeah. I'm not going to go there about it. But yeah. it, that's science. That's mm. fact. You know that is that's how it is. You've got to build happiness. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm look. I I I see. Uh, yeah, I I completely one hundred and ten percent agree with what you're saying. And you're still cold. My toes are fucking killing me. They man. are. But I, I was just turning because I'm drinking from a cup. I wasn't sure if you could use a logo. No, that's all right. It's not. We're not that big. This is. <laughs> not but you big. see, I'm I'm putting the visualization I'm, out there. I'm creating the. Future oh, I love for that. You. Yeah, right? that's how it is. Um, no, but listen, what did you? What you just said is you've got to work on your happiness, right? You've got to build it. You've got to build your happiness, and I, I I'm I'm such a firm believer of that. And um, oh, hold on a second. I'll tell you what. Let me just answer this because it's just my take, missus. Just take a phone call, uh, babe. I'm right in the middle of the podcast. You're right. Like I said, me yeah, a scarlet fever, the daughter. Yeah. See? And I'll tell you what. I'm I'm just going to go into that actually. The other night, um, I was with John, our producer here, and uh, we were at, we were in uh, GB News, and I was recording for first time back on TV in fucking many years. And I was in there and, um, uh, you know, my, my, my eldest daughter got rushed to hospital. And when I come back, come back to the house, the, the missus had left so quick, she'd left the fucking front door open. And, you know, uh, you know, my, my youngest was getting ill and, mm. um, you know, but right, anyway, my point of it being I, in the morning, when I woke up in the morning, once I'd gotten both to, well, once I got uh, the youngest off to school and once, you know, we'd settled down and I'd sorted out the missus and I'd worked out everything. I sat there and I thought to myself, thank fuck I'm sober, man. Because mm. how the fuck would I have dealt with that last night yeah. if I was still drinking? Because I'm pretty sure this time of year, 
around about this period, there's a good massive chance that I would have been fucked up, especially if I'd gone into London to film GB News. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, I'm back on TV, baby. Who's yeah. in London? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so... You see how ADHD were both are? You asked me a question a while ago. We have not answered oh, the shit, fucking question. Yeah. What was I? Which, where was I? No, but I love what we were going on about. And I think it's because also I'm so fucking cold. Yeah, building my, happiness. My jacket's going on. Yeah, put it on, put it on. Oh, this is... God, look, any other guests out there are going to be like, I ain't fucking going on that. Oh, my God. And I love, uh, I love cold water therapy, but today, that ain't never <laughs> that ain't never um, Yeah, so... Look, you can see the cold coming off us. For those of you that are um, listening back home, I hope you're tucked, tucked in nice and warm. Because um, look at what we're going through just to share this information for you. Look, my guest has almost died. No, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm actually leaving. This, I can't work on these conditions. It's terrible. But I'm yeah, we've gone off on a tangent there. But listen, no, what I was going to say you, is... You asked me about happiness. You asked me about... Yeah. Can someone be truly... Um, uh, happy or do they work do they, are they I can't even remember what it was yeah. can they be better being sober and clean well yeah definitely have I found people in their lives yes my life is measurably better because I stopped we'll talk about that limiting beliefs when I use and when I drink that is a limiting belief it says I am not more than this I am I stop at level I'll take the gloves off now I look like a mug right, um, yeah, you look like you're going to kill me <laughs> yeah, yeah that's on. right I might do that <laughs> go on um, what a limiting belief talk to me about that what does so, that mean you know, if I'm drinking and I'm using and, and the reason why I'm doing that, right, I'm limiting my belief. We're limitless as human beings, right? And Rob always says it, and this is why I learned from him. He's brilliant. So everything that's not nature made has been made twice, right? As, and he yeah. probably went through that, right? We created once a division in the mind and once outside of the body. Yeah, so this table, someone thought about it once and now and now it. And now it's here. I mean, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. So, and that's everything. So we know by design we are creators, what am I creating? When, when you're I'm getting sitting drunk. in the kitchen, getting on a packet going, yeah, I'll do an album with you, do an album with you, write a book. Write yeah, a book, yeah. You're creating that. bollocks. And, oh, mate, you're well all right. Yeah, you are yeah. good. We'll I understand. That. We'll do, you know, yeah. All that. And then the next day you think, oh, what the fuck was I going on about? I ain't going to do that. And, you, and that does, nothing materializes. All the intention might be there, but there's no backing it up mm. because it's just all bollocks, right? So that's a limiting mm. in itself of drinking and using. So you're never going to punch forward and move forward. It's just keeping you under that umbrella. Mm. But when you take that away and you've got a clearer head and you understand and then you learn to think and feel in the way that you want to, well, nothing's going to hold you back. Yeah. So then you can handle stuff that you, you talked about. Um, it's not what happens. It's how you deal with it, right? So I always go back to this particular, there's a, there's a, a bit of scripture in some, some book and um, it talks about people maintaining sobriety. And even in World War II, there were people in the trenches in the trenches that still stayed sober that still, were alcoholics mate right. fuck that if I was in the trenches and the bombs were coming down I thought I was going to die any have minute I'd have a fucking massive yeah. line one for the road I'd have, have a, I'd have a fucking slug right my last wank <laughs> do you know what I'm about having a wank out there <laughs> trenches I don't know. Like, oh, fuck off a minute <laughs> um, I don't know mate no but go on the point that you're saying there is they still had that mindset so it's the mindset that they knew that that ain't going to change my reality no matter what's going to happen it's not going to change my situation so not you know, not everyone who's abused becomes the abuser. Not everyone, um, you know, not yeah. everyone. It, there's, it's the mindset. And it's also how you interpret what's happening to you. So it's absolutely possible to go and reach your fullest potential. It's not going to be my fullest potential if I'm sitting there drinking and getting on a packet. It's just not going to happen. If I'm sitting mm. there smoking loads of weed, I ain't mm. doing nothing. Yeah, a lot of people that are listening to this now will go, well, I ain't got nothing else, mate. Right. But you ain't going to have nothing. That limited You're, belief again. Yeah, you, exactly. Who says? Yeah, but that is going to be the main, that's going to be the main, main, main thing 
uh, for people that are listening. Like, I know people really close to me that they get up, they work, they come back, they give their kids dinner or they sit with their missus, uh, they go to sleep, they get up, they work, uh, da, 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 whatever, they, they they can't save any money. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing they have got is getting pissed at the weekend. The only thing that they can enjoy outside of their kids and their family is getting pissed or getting on the packet at the weekend. Um, but what you're saying is... I can't afford to save, sure. All right, yeah, okay, cool. Right, so we make that excuse, and I get it, but really what you're trying to communicate is I'm not happy in where I'm at, and that's just the excuse. So look at that. What is it you're not happy about, right? You obviously love your family, you love that one. Okay, but if it's going to become a bit boring, a bit mundane, that's where you sit with your partner and say, we need to do something exciting because it just feels like I'm on this merry-go-round of work, 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 pay the bills, crisis, crisis, crisis. We're all going through that now, right? It's mm. horrible, mm. but we've got to communicate. And so what, what, what should we do differently? What do we want to go and do? Maybe some activity, something. But talk about it together. Mm. Don't hold it in your head. Talk about it. Yeah, because that's life, isn't it? Like like yeah. life, like you, like <clears throat> for me, I lost days and days yeah. and years, man. I mean, like, I mean, part of me looks back. I think one of the reasons why I can comprehend sobriety now, and and even saying that blows me away, makes me think to myself, what are you talking about comprehending sobriety when actually all you're fucking talking about is not drinking mm-hmm. a beer or sniffing a line of coke, mm. but it is mad how much, uh, as men, our culture, or as people, mm-hmm. our culture, we cling to it like it's the only fucking thing we've got. It's mu- it's mental. Mm. It's mental, but I can't remember where I was going with it, but I guess what I was trying to say is that, you know, w- the only reason that I can sort of comprehend the rest of my life sober is because I look back and think to myself, well, fuck me, you had some sort of run, mate. You you spent, you've literally, I literally spent the last 20 years on the piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this and this is the thing. There's nothing. When you when you reflect on it now, you're just like, oh, so much time I wasted. I mean, people bought houses and flats, and and I just sniffed and drank all of that money away, and um, and I had to start again, mm. you know, and that, and it was harder. But hindsight is a wonderful thing. But I don't regret um, everything that I'd done, you know, because yeah. I think everything that I'd done today has brought me to make Yeah, same here. Same here. I can't regret that. Yeah, I think that's 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 something that I say to people as well. Yeah, he's warming up, he's warming up. That's something that I say to people as well. Um serious now. That's what I say to people as well. I think, you know, through like I put a video up today where well where I talk and I'm very conscious I'm very conscious when I put these videos out there that one, people don't want to listen to someone preaching about how good they feel or or feeling good when people feel like shit. And two, um you know, but people just tune into me for comedy. But I'm very much in the mindset now that I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Um, my platform has served me selfishly for many, many years. Financially, it served me uh, for my comedy, for my ego. And with my sobriety now has come the the feeling that I need to give back to keep my karma, mm. to keep my karma straight. I'm so scared that I'm going to fuck things up again, that I want to keep my karma straight. So I believe that as long as I'm giving back and I'm trying to help other people, then hopefully in turn, that will help me stay strong. Okay, so if you're so scared that you're going to fuck up again, is there another way you could reframe that? How could you reframe that? Because um, think about what you're saying. Right? Bruce, Bruce Lee said it a lot right, about words. That's why it's called spelling because they have meaning and it's powerful, right? He was he was so advanced in his time. So don't that. say I'm going to fuck up. Say I'm going to be. I'm going to so- focusing on that. So what yeah. you're doing is you're programming the brain to look for that information. Yeah, and you're living in that state of anxiety. 
you're free. That is the reality. You are free. Yeah, that's what I feel. I do. And that's, uh, and you know, it's so crazy that you said that because when, when I see my mates, I mean, only certain mates I could say this to, when they say, are oh, you not, you're not bored? You're not Mr. Sesh. I've, I'm saying, no, I don't feel like I'm missing out. I feel like I'm free. <clears throat> yeah. And that's really good. But sometimes. But I don't always think that. No. And that's. I don't right. always think that. I feel, I'll be honest with you. Most weekends I'm like, I do have to battle with my mind when I'm like, fucking hell, everyone else is out of the pub. Yeah. Yeah. See, I relate to you a lot. There's so much that you said today that I really relate, I relate to. And the weekend was a trigger for me too. Yeah. Before everyone's having a better time than me. Yeah. I'm sitting here isolated. It was just a horrible constant. Everyone's and just a bitter, resentful. Mm. And really, I was just frustrated myself. But once I, you get your Saturday morning and you wake up on Saturday morning, you feel fucking brilliant. Yeah. When you that, go out on a night out and then you come back and you get up the next day and you can actually engage and do shit. It's, yeah, that's a great feeling. Yeah, mate. I love it. My, great feeling. My, my, that's my favourite time of the week, Saturday morning, taking my girl swimming because... 8.30 in the morning on a Saturday morning walking, I do think to myself, ah, fuck you fuckers, mate. Yeah. Like, yeah, you had good fun last night, but fucking, what would you rather be doing? Well, I, I set myself a time to leave when I do things like that now. So if I go to weddings or uh, out on stags, or I don't really do a lot of stags, but if, if I go, I always set myself a time to leave. And I always say, so anyone that's listening that might, um, I'll be on that cusp that drugs or alcohol is, is an issue, but not sure if they can stop when, once they've started. But if I go, I do a check-in. So let's say, oh no, we start at seven. At nine o'clock, I'll have a check-in. Inside myself, I'll, I'll say, how are you doing? How are you mm. feeling? Are you still enjoying yourself? Because when you're sober and you're around people that are drinking, it's hard. Right? Mm. It, it can be hard because it all changes. You know, you'll have a conversation with someone, you come back to them a bit later on to say, and they're different. Tell me more about your kids. And going, kids. And you're like, oh, right, okay, the vibe's changed. Mm. So you've got to find somebody else. So the, the vibe does change, and that we get that. But I review it, and if I'm still enjoying myself, I'll go, okay, I'll review myself in another hour. Because then that's giving me choice. Mm. nothing worse than feeling like you're backed in a corner and you've got no choice and you're stuck yeah. and that, anks up, that cranks up the anxiety and the pressure right so giving yourself that choice gives you that control to say actually now's the time to go and so I did that a lot and that's so much more freedom involved because yeah. you get to enjoy the best bits and then go and I didn't feel so lonely because everyone in my circle used everyone in my circle drank Same I felt me. lonely same as me no one what am I going to do sit in church halls every fucking Saturday like, yeah. this is kind of how I felt yeah, but that's I, not how I feel now. No, nah, look, I feel, uh, for me, if I'm brutally, completely honest, it's like 70, 30 or maybe 80, 20, like positive to negative being sober. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm not completely 110% happy or 100% happy that I'm sober. I am happy that I'm sober, but I still have an element of, I still have an element of, oh, I don't hear from so-and-so now, or them guys don't contact me because, ah. because I do have that. And it, you know, close, close friends. I'm like, I, like, I even know some of them have set up another group outside of the normal group that we're in because they don't want me to hear them going, oh, do you want to go to the pub? Do you want to go to the pub? Do you want to meet up? And I know that they're, they're out two, three times a week now, whereas I'd be out one or two times with them. And, you know, so that element of my life has changed. And, but once I get my head around it, I'm like, but do I want to be sat in the fucking club, pub, drinking and sniffing gear when I've got two beautiful kids at home and my missus so but I'm battling it and that's a grieving process again mm. so remember you know you've been through grief before so what you did before rightly or wrongly and no one is there to judge you do how, how you know everyone does their, no one knows what they're going to do until they're facing that time but here is another loss this is a this is another bit of grieving mm. but then it's about thinking how is it you want to feel so for example right now right how, what's one of your goals what is one of your goals, honestly? For what, like work-wise? Just any goal. What is one of your goals? Uh, what, long-term or short-term? Sorry. Fucking another question. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Uh, a well, short, a look, short term goal then. All right. All right. Go with a short term. Yeah, okay. So for uh, next year, I've I've written a uh, a film about uh, men's mental health and suicide, and I want to make it. Okay, I believe you. That would be frightening me. You said it was like real, real conviction, which is great. Yeah. Okay, so close your eyes for a moment. Yeah. Just entertain me for a minute. So imagine what it's like in your life when you've just achieved that goal. So I can't see inside your mind. So I want you to picture in your mind that you have just achieved that goal. You've just written that movie. You've just filmed it. You've just finished it. How will I know you've achieved that goal? What does it look like? What comes to your mind straight away? Um, uh, well, I'm standing in Leicester Square in a nice suit all I look healthy and fucking cameras are flashing and the mm -hmm. film's out and people are happy and proud of me. And what are the positive emotions you think you're going to feel when you've achieved that? Uh, I'm going to be really proud of myself. Mm -hmm. Proud, happy. What? Proud, happy. What else? Um, I don't know. Excited and proud, happy, excited and I don't know, like fulfilled. Yeah, okay. So your body's already changing, which is good, right? So where, where are you feeling that on your body right now? In my chest. Yeah. See that? Like, okay, that was great. I'm in your eyes. So you didn't see that when I was just talking to you over there about it. You showed me that straight away. Did I? Yeah. So you didn't even say a word. Your mm. body started to communicate. So that's how powerful visualization is. So wow. you created that. So you just, you just, what comes to mind? You then told me what came to mind. You know, I didn't ask you for the second stage, which is to look at the positive emotions you're going to feel when you've achieved it. And you said what you could feel. And then you told me it's there and I feel proud and that. So now you've now created that as a memory. Mm. That's really important. So that's so, in my mind now. So if you did that for 30 days, right? We do it every day. But if you did that just for 30 days, 30 seconds a day, right? You, you change the filter system in your brain, right? So rather than waking up in the morning saying, I feel lonely, I feel lonely, I feel lonely. And then the brain confirming information that you are lonely. When you start focusing in this way, you'll start to switch and look for information that confirms that goal. So you will find yourself looking at opportunities that present you to achieve that goal because that's what you're focusing on. Mm. So getting on it for me right now on this second is not in line with my goals. Yeah. So therefore, I ain't gonna go and do that because it's like, that's not in line with where I wanna go. So if you woke up going, I'm lonely, I'm lonely, your brain's gonna be looking for things to show that you're lonely. Look, yeah. there's no one in my lounge. Yeah, look, neighbor it's, ignored me, I'm yeah, lonely. Yeah. No one's called me, lonely. Um, yeah. You know? Um, but if you wake up going, do you know what? I feel good and I'm looking forward to meeting people. Or It's good to be in my own space. Yeah, it's good. Flip to... it. It's good to be in my own space because I can reflect and I can plan and I can start to think of other things. I'm, I'm, I know we're generalizing. Everyone's life mm. is well, different. I, no, but, but like, that's what I said. They're so interesting, man. Like all this stuff that I'm learning is so powerful. And that's why I wanted to, That's why I want to share it. But, you know, without sounding wanky, it's like today I said on, my, on the video that I put out, I said like, mindset I'm about mindset is so powerful yeah. right and I said that you know everyone's going through something everyone's going through their own shit but the difference between people that are winning and the difference between people that are stuck is they're doing something about go, about their mindset when they're going through shit they do it they're, 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 they're physically doing something it's the action it's the action of doing something to alter the negative thought process in your mind right so for instance if a problem comes up Look at it like, like you know, if you're going through difficult times, look at it as an opportunity to fucking become strong, right? Yeah. Look at it as an opportunity to, you know, like now I look at my, I look at um, my addiction or you know my drug or drink use as whatever I went through and whatever I learned from it. As hard as it is, it's a great opportunity for me to now talk about it and share it, right? Hundred percent. The mindset is really important. Like I said to you earlier, one, I, I really identify with a lot of what you said, especially the earliest stuff with the with the TV. Um, and, and being cancelled. So, uh, I, I've always been a musician. I've always been a performer. I've, you know, acting, everything. And uh, when I was nineteen, 
I um it, I used to go auditions at Pineapple Studios every week, mm. and and it come off and then it didn't come off and and this one I went to and they actually televised the audition process right mm. it was ITV one it was pop it was LWT then it was pop stars and hearsay and Liberty X were formed out of that and I got to like the last thirteen I was nineteen years old I was known as Taz then I had hair and it was all just jewelry and just a very lost individual but it went really far mm. and it was mental to have people like atomic kitten go all right taz and you're thinking oh shit richard blackwood knowing your name I was thinking, this is insane and it was such a great time mm. i thought this is it this is this is this is it's gonna happening. happen it's yeah. happening sitting in warner brothers ready to sign a deal and then uh, the other guy in our in our group didn't turn up got signed by death soul records and, and everything went out the window it all went out the window and i couldn't cope and then they televised and then everyone thought they knew you and it, the hype was good for a while and but you had all the exposure, but you didn't have the job. So that was really hard to mm. sit with that. And no, my then, life ain't changed. Life ain't changed. Yeah. And then I had to start lying almost because people were going, we up to now, we up to now, we up to now. You felt like you had to have some mm. kind of answer. I've got some stuff coming up. Wait till you see it. Right. Yeah. I've got some stuff. Yeah, I'm cooking up and I was doing nothing. I was back being a waiter in, in, in my dad's shop in the Wimpy in, in Southend and it just, nothing was happening. And that whole process, you know, I didn't, like other people that have real influential people out there that might say, and so that was my breaking point. I turned around, I got in, I got at the gym, I went and did this, and now I'm smashing it. I'm a millionaire. I'm doing what I'm doing. I didn't interpret life as that. What I went in is a confirmation. I've lost. I'm reject. I'm to be rejected. Yeah. Because the message I received as a kid mm. is I'm not worthy. That's what I learned. Mm. So that resonated with that belief. Yeah. So now it reinforces it. Yeah. And the embarrassment and the shame and the humiliation. Do you know? I went back again. Crazy. Right. So Pop Idol came out. Darius went and done it. They asked me to do it. I said, no. I wish I had done it. He'd, he'd done it. So I went back and went to Popstar Arrivals. Mm. Worst thing I could have ever done then, right? So I was, now I was using for an audition. I was so nervous and consumed with fear. You had I some smoked cut. the biggest oh. joint you can oh. imagine. I had no control out my vocal cords. And I just fucked sing. it. Fucked it. Got there, went in there, went off on weird tangents. They started confusing me. I played the race card. Which is just ridiculous. I started saying because you were stoned. I was stoned. I was just nervous. I was talking rubbish. Um, they said a comment that was debatable, and so they weren't being racist. But I accused. I just went. I just went weird. Yeah, I just, yeah. It was just not right. And and I got. It, and I had to go to work four months later, knowing that that's going to come out. And four months later, it came out on TV, and I had to go to work. And I and I went to work the next day. Humiliating. So I just put myself oh through my that God, sort of stuff. So yeah, it yeah, was just so hard. Shame. I know exactly how you feel. Horrible thinking, feelings. Thinking everyone saw that. Everyone saw that. And so I went inwards. And I just... I'll stay at home then and use. Oh, that's yeah. exactly it. And that's what I did. I just stayed in and used and used and used. And then my girlfriend left me, cheated on me with some other guy. Or she didn't cheat. I say I'm still holding on to the bitterness. Um, but it, that confirmed again, you're a loser. You're lost. Right. Yeah. yeah. The relationship came to an end. She found somebody else. You know, yeah. she didn't really cheat on me. It came to an end. And, and then I felt really on my own. Right. So then it continued again and again yeah, and yeah. again and again. So... It's how we interpret yeah. stuff. That, uh, look, listen, I know this now. Like you know what you know now, but you don't. You don't know. You didn't know it then. Oh, yeah. You didn't. You didn't know how to break free and 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 uh, move progressively. And this is why this podcast is so good and so powerful for people out there. Because I, I know for a fact, just on a short term basis, like just on my day, I know for a fact that if I don't wake up and I don't instantly do stuff to change my mindset, then my day ain't going to be. It might not be bad, but it ain't going to be as good as it can be. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know for a fact that if I just get up and because my children have been ill the last couple of days, mm. 
and I've had to get, you know, I'm coming into London early. I haven't been able to do my routine and I actually hurt my back as well the other day. So I haven't been able to do my routine and my days, my anxiety level has grown over the last few days with everything that's gone on. Uh, my anxiety level's up. Um, my negative thoughts are up. My, you know, I'm being a bit pessimistic about things. But if I get up and I'm like, fucking get downstairs, write your journal, write your diary, get rid of the negative thoughts, right? Get your to-do list, focus on what the plan is for the day, get to that gym, get your workout, get back home, just in time for everyone to wake up, you know what I mean? Help with the breakfast, get them out, get the school run, boom, I'm a fucking geezer, I'm a legend, I feel like I'm fucking ready for the day, I feel like I'm powerful, right? Because I know for a fact that I've done something for myself, mm -hmm. for myself, mm -hmm. yeah? I know that I've done something positive for myself, and a lot of people out there think that what they're doing for themselves to give themselves something is drinking drugs. I'm going to do that for myself. Mm -hmm. I deserve that. I need that to cope, I need... So if you could change people's mindsets or if people out there can change their own mindset, I guess what you're saying is to is to is to start looking at positive ways to do something for themselves. Yeah, it's about having that humility to have a look. Yeah, have a look. Point. Have a look. And Take go, a bit of time and see what's working. What, does that work? Do I like that? Is this giving me pain? Is this working out? Uh, we don't do that enough. And when I stopped, I didn't have a big support network. The more we talk about mental health, the more we talk about male suicide, the more we talk about um, addiction and all these kind of things in this way, it's better because... Someone watching it and go, I didn't fucking know that. Right. Like, Because I didn't know that I, I could work on my mindset. Right. I just thought... Or like, how to. Yeah, I just thought, I just thought like, in fact, it was Rob again. Rob was the first person that he... You know, I was getting nervous about my fight with Harvey from So Solid and he... Uh, and, uh, and like, I was like, I didn't want to back out of the fight. But I could see myself backing out of it. Like I didn't, I didn't want to back out of the fight. But I was getting scared. Yeah. And I was training, and I was like, all, all I could visualize was the loss. All I could see right. was the loss. Mm -hmm. And what when I sat down with um, Rob, um, it was weird actually because he comes to my house. I'd never met him before, and he said, "Where's your bedroom?" And I was like, "Oh fucking hell!" And he goes, "Just go up to your bedroom." And, and my missus was like, "What are you two doing up there?" We was up there for like an hour because <laughs> he wanted me to lie down. I thought I'd never seen him. He's just, eyes already, yeah, he's, yeah, he's just <laughs> scary looking. This guy hypnotizes me and wanks me off. I'm going to go mental. But um, you won't know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I woke up with a wet patch in my pants. No, um, but he um, he uh, he made he he uh, he somehow made, managed to make me visualize so hard the win that every time I thought about the loss, I quickly changed my thinking to the win. Yeah. So and then I'd done it for like a week or two weeks or whatever until suddenly. Uh, the you know the moments where I'd have that the the the, the you know the, the the visualize the visions in my head were of winning. Mm -hmm. Now even though I didn't win the fight, I went into it thinking I was going to win the fight. Yeah, your mind. My mindset was different. I enjoyed the process. Yeah. Uh, when I was in the cage, it was scary, but I wanted to win. And afterwards, I was like, "Fucking hell, that was brilliant! I can't believe I can't believe I'd done that." Instead of coming out of it going, "I knew I was going to fucking lose. Why did I fucking do that?" Do you know what I mean? I come out of it going, even though I lost, that was fucking brilliant, man. You see? So already that is just, it's not what happens, it's how you deal with it. Yeah. It's not the event that affects us, it's our intention. Yeah, I was, ha I was happy about it. Yeah, it's brilliant. And that's the kind of stuff that we need to be working on. This is the kind of stuff we need to be talking about. So there are people that want to um, review and look at their lives by listening to things like this, talking to other people. There's more support out there than you realize. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with saying, I need some help. You know, um, we can't do it alone. Nah. We still have to do it, but we don't have to do it alone. And that's yeah. the point. So, yeah, I mean, why not? And, um, yeah, so I just quickly want to talk about porn addiction. How do you know if you're addicted? It's not a quick conversation, but let's well, crack on. Go on. No, yeah, I, I know it isn't, mate. But um, 
a lot, a lot of people uh, might have different types of eating, this eating addiction, porn addiction, stuff like that. So they can take what we're saying and address it to anything. But how do you know if you're addicted to porn? I'm asking for a mate. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. I think you yeah. need to get Robert Icy back in your bedroom again and we'll have a conversation. <laughs> but uh, but um, so remember what I said, it doesn't matter what the acting out is. Yeah. But sex and porn addiction has become... Um, well, I get a lot of inquiries for therapy around sex and porn addiction, and that's since COVID. You know, I didn't mm. want to talk about the word COVID in this. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you can't ignore it because of COVID. You know, a lot of people stayed in relationships they didn't want to be in, were isolated, didn't stay in relationships. So it's definitely increased um, and acting out because mm. a lot of your coping mechanisms, like people weren't playing golf, people weren't going tennis, people weren't, mm. you know, doing um, other activities, going seeing out their friends, eat, seeing their mates, family. So. Um, but the problem with porn addiction and sex addiction is that there aren't any obvious symptoms. Like if you're getting on the packet or you're drinking, there's obvious symptoms. Yeah. So it's not it's often till it's too it's not often till it's too late to mm. realize that there is a problem. But again, the way that 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 manifests is through opportunity, attachment, or trauma. So I work with a lot of people where, let's say, sex is a is a is a bad word. You can't talk about sex in the house. You can't turn off sexual desire. No. Just because we're not going to talk about sex and not say the S word. Well, I've still got sexual desire, so I'm going to be inquisitive. Where am I going to mm. find that information? So, you know, especially a lot of people in the religious um, side, I got a lot of people from the um, yeah. from Christianity, Muslim, yeah. you know, Sikh. Um, so they find porn and then it sets off that inquisitiveness and want to learn and want to learn. Now, if that person doesn't then come from a culture where they're actually speaking to girls or boys or whatever. It can become obsessive. Well, Porn ain't gonna let you down. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Is it? Because it you get you your the, release. We get the release. There's that safety. There's no shame. It's all dependent on the motive. What is your motive for using that? I've worked with people that have used it because they had um, anxiety. You know, they went soft during sex and suddenly, and they were shamed and laughed at and terrified them. Porn ain't gonna let them down. And then mm. they just become that's the coping mechanism. They're stuck with yeah. porn. Other people. Um, I had someone once who who couldn't. Um, but basically associated it with pain. It was, it was painful. So porn, again, wouldn't let him down. Mm. And so there's lots of different reasons. Yeah. Um, but there's also attachment issues, you know, like um, if there's been confidence issues, someone been at boarding school, there's been sexual trauma that's gone yeah. on. There's all sorts of different things. So it doesn't really matter yeah. what the acting out is, is what I'm and how, to say. I would, uh, oh yeah, okay, cool. Well, I think that, you know, a, 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 lot of, a lot of men, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but a lot of men would, I think a lot of men maybe associate sex with affection. Do you know what I mean? They've, 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 love that. Yeah, they think that... Sex is love, loving they think They think that, you know, like for instance, my relationship with... Shelly, my wife, I won't go into too much details because it's it's her personal stuff, but, you know, I think maybe in the past, you know, I could have been like, you know, that shows that shows how much you love me or I need that for, for love. Whereas whereas now, like, especially through my sobriety and the journey that I've been on over the last few years, that my affection, my affection with Shelly is, it's not sex. Do you know what I mean? It's I mean, now. it's intimacy now. Do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously we still have. Who doesn't have ever thought Dapper last would be fucking using words like intimacy? I know, I know, I know. It's all about intimacy now, yeah. you know, sure. Yeah. yeah Sesh, intimacy. Yeah, yeah, of course, fucking yes. hell. She's still got nice Bang. bangers. She's still got nice there bangers. Restored. Though. Yeah. Back, restored. Back. Um, but listen, and I think, uh, <laughs> I think. Intimate bangers. <laughs> she got, yeah. Uh, cheers to your bangers cheers. now. Yeah. <laughs> She'll never watch this because there's no way she could stand through an hour of me fucking talking anyway. So, um, but um, no, what's going to say um, about intimacy? Yeah, and I think I think that um, this is this is 
this is where men uh, struggle a lot. I think when they get rejected sex wise, they they and I think maybe I used to be like this as well because if I'd come in off my nut or drunk, uh, ultimately Shelley would be like, or my, your wife would be like, fucking look at the state of you. You know, you're not attractive, are you? It's not attractive. You're coming in, your jaws swinging, and you're fucking, you're climbing through the fucking thing, and then you're like, all right, sweetheart, you want, do you know what I mean? And she's like, F you stink of fucking Stella and sovereigns or mobile lights, whatever you're fucking oh, smoking. Got a shiver. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then she's like, no, I'm not in the mood, mate, because look at the fucking state of you. And then you're like, rejection, right? So you don't love me then. So what? You've seen someone else. What? Is it over? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I think that that, for me, that might have been something that would cause a massive argument because the next day I'd wake up mm. and um, it, on my come down, I'd be like, why are you such a bitch? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And she's like, wow. So not only have you come in drunk now, mm -hmm. now you're calling me a bitch mm -hmm. like this. And that's, a, that's, it's like abuse. And there's a lot of women out there that are definitely living through this. And a lot of men that I bet can relate to this and sit there and go, shit, yeah, I thought my bird was a twat because she didn't want to shag me mm. when I was off me fucking nut and I'd been out all night and I hadn't, weren't thinking about what we were doing the next day. So your fears and insecurities are becoming somebody else's problem. Mate, and, and I, this and, is so powerful. This is yeah. important stuff. And what, you're and what you're saying is you're trying to communicate. So you, you're showing in your behavior how you're feeling inside and actually just having the decency to say, it was really weird. I felt really rejected by you last night. And she was like, well, you fucking weren't really, uh, you weren't really approachable. You was off your nut. Oh yeah, good point. But there you go. There's no communication. Yeah. This is the problem. We've got to communicate. I'm not a relationship e expert. Yeah. I'm a communication expert. You've got to talk to each other. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah. And it's not about not being a man because you don't talk or, yeah. or it's bollocks. You've yeah. got to talk. That's the only person. The person knows you best. She knows me. My, my missus knows me more than, better than anyone. Yeah. Why the hell am I not going to tell her what's going on in my head? Yeah. You've She's got the one to. person I've got to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, and listen, there's a lot of humility, lads. There's a lot of, you like, I said this uh, on the last podcast, like, the only, the, 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 power, the power, the power of this sobriety, for me, the power of this sobriety, like, the happiness that I've experienced through my missus, say, her saying I'm happy, mm. I'm actually happy at the moment, um, to me, hit me like a wave, you know, after, I mean, I'm, I look at the difference in me from when I rang you when I was yeah. on my way home to yeah. the airport. It was all flat. It was, I was fucking, it's over. Trouble, man. Yeah. Oh, it I fuck, fucked it. Yeah. And, um, but I think that, you know, that, and we'll probably finish up on this, but lads, if you're, if you're, um, if you're struggling and you're arguing with your missus, the weight off your shoulders, if you could sit down and go, do you know what, what am I, you know, what, what's wrong with us? You know, like, what am I doing wrong? And look, this is how I feel. You know, as soon as I said to my missus, like, I think I've got a fucking problem, man, with this drink and drug stuff. She was like, do you think? Mm, yeah. What's it like for you to receive me? Yeah. You know, what's that like for you? That's a, that, Say that again. What what's, that? It, what's it like for you to receive me? Yeah. And then fucking listen to what your listen missus said. Listen to the feedback. There's nothing wrong with that. And I know you, you want to close him, but we did touch lightly on the porn addiction. But this is really important because... A lot of people go, well, porn's normal, it's all normal, it's all normal, we're allowed to do all that. Yeah, it's become normalised, but that's why people can hide within it. Like, drinking has become part of our culture, so people are really suffering with it, can hide within it, right? So, with porn, again, it's that intimacy. People use a lot of sex to avoid intimacy, right? So, you might have a lot of sex and think, well, that's all right, that's okay, but actually, you're avoiding that intimacy. So, yeah. really, that's what's important, is that connection. And where what porn does is it removes that. And the last thing I say on it is that even if you took it to the science element, Sex isn't supposed to be an instant release of dopamine. It's not how it works, right? You're connected um, and you have a slower release of dopamine, right? So while you're... While you're... Endorphins are coming, the oxytocin's flowing and you're getting all, you know, all that kind of stuff in it and it builds. A bit like brown pasta, white pasta. Brown pasta slower releasing in energy. 
wipe past that instant release of energy. So we wipe past the result you're born. So it's instant release, instant dopamine hit. And that's what the brain looks for, neuropathways in the brain. So it's sex on watching porn is instant, but mm. it's also a barrier. It's no connection, but it's instant. Mm. So that instant gratification, you know, mm. if I gave you, <laughs> if you mm. was using a line of sniff or, you know, diet sniff, no, what are you going to go with? No, I, yeah, I, and the best, what I can, the analogy that I can, I can link with that and relate that to, and the only way I can connect with that, for me, it'd be the difference between the gym and cocaine. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So perfect example. Yeah. So sniffing a line of cocaine and going, Woo, Instant. I feel good. Yeah. Right. And then and then 30, 30 minutes like coming down and going, mm -hmm. fucking hell, I don't feel so good. I need another one. Or the gym takes takes ages mm. to get that fucking dopamine. Build it. Build it. And then afterwards, when you come out, you're like, I feel fucking good, but yeah. you don't feel the come down because it's because it's so long lasting. It's all synthetic, and porn is a way of staying disconnected. It is not really. Look, it can be used as a positive sexual aid. They get that. There's no problem with that. But what's the motive for using it? You know, and so that's why we need to be careful mm. of this stuff. We need to keep talking. We need to keep sharing. We yeah. need to keep looking at ourselves. Yeah, that doesn't mean we need to keep beating ourselves up. We just need to say, actually, I need some help around that. Yeah, go and get it. Yeah, I mean. Wow, yeah. Fucking hell. Because you're worth it. You're absolutely worth it. You need to reach your fullest potential. If you want to sit on your ass and do nothing and that's your fullest potential and you're happy with that, God bless you. Great. But if you want to do more, we can't do it all on our own, right? Yeah. I might think I can go and drive a car without any driving lessons, but I kind of need to have the driving lessons. Yeah. And then I kind of need to have the test so that I can get the license and say, yeah, you can drive. Yeah. Great. But, you know, you, so you, we do need guidance. We do need that help. Mm. So the more of us that reach out and do mm. that, the better success you got. It's really, really important. Keep fucking talking. Yeah, wow. That's really powerful. And thank, reactioning. thank you so much, man. That's all I'm, right, do you know man. what I'm going to do? I'm going to get I'm going to get you back with Rob, me, you, and Rob. We'll be all... Free <laughs> 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 ADHD things. We'll watch this, and then we'll all have a wank. We'll watch some porn. No. Yeah. That, that sounds good. <laughs> it sounds really good. Now, listen, I just want to say right, thank you so much. And um, right. I'm going to go outside and get warm now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we... Um, Listen, we. I want to say thank you first of all for picking up the phone to me when I was when I was at my lowest, and for coming and sharing your knowledge, man. But can you just to the camera? Can you tell them where they can follow you because I find your stuff really helpful. So, guys. Oh, great! Yeah, thanks. Um, I only say something on Insta when I feel like I want to say something because I don't want to get caught in that. But you can follow me at Tanner Therapy, and you know I'm an ops director for Verve Health Rehabs, it's a private addiction clinic. So if you ever need support, please look me up, message me, or look us up Verve Rehab. Thanks. Wow. Thank you very much, mate. Just a minute, just, just a minute. Just a minute to surprise me.